Hello, and thank you for listening to the Broncos Podcast Network. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Dalala, and we are back with another great episode of Broncos Country Throwbacks. Today, Broncos Ring of Fame kicker Jim Turner joins Jim Sakamano. Yeah, so we're on a little bit of a special teams kick here. Uh, Jim Turner, of course, was the Broncos' all-time leading scorer when he retired, and uh, you know, just a key member of that team that went to the first Super Bowl in franchise history, and really excited to hear what Jim Sakamano has to talk about with Jim Turner. So with that, let's get to their conversation. We are honored to be talking today to a Denver Broncos ring of famer, one of the great kickers in pro football history, and a legendary figure who... Um, like that Woody Allen character in one of his movies who was present for every major historical event. We're talking to Jim Turner, who was present for a heck of a lot of NFL and AFL history. Jim, um, when you were a young man growing up in Martinez, California, and going to John Sweat High School, you probably uh, couldn't have imagined everything that would lie in front of you. Jim, absolutely not. Um, I was born in Martinez and grew up in Crockett, where they make scenic sugar about eight miles away. And no, and nobody uh, did much in the little school. As a matter of fact, we got beat so bad one time, you'd never think anybody would have a chance. We got beat 91 to 7. My gosh. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, seriously, that in a game, if you said this was 91 to 7, and there's a guy on this field, who's going to do remarkable things, you'd say it's, it's crazy, it's insane. Now, you went to Utah State. Um, yes, I did. Was, you got a scholarship, I take it. I had a full ride, and, and the only way I could have gone to school, uh, uh, the Turners were uh, less than poor. and uh, I, I, I know I, the feeling. I did not have to buy a pencil the entire four years that I was there, and I loved Utah State. And it was the first time I ever saw snow. I wasn't too happy with that, but, you know. Yeah, but you were a quarterback and place kicker back in the days when it was common for, you know, for a position player to be the kicker. So then you finish at Utah State. You actually, while you made your first trip to New York, while at Utah State, you played in the Gotham Bowl in the polo grounds. Is that correct? We played in the old polo grounds. Boy, was that it. That thing was older than me, and uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a baseball locker room. So there's only you know 23 uh, stalls in there. We brought the whole team in there. We got beat by Baylor. They they had a wonderful team, and Ronnie Bull was there, was a big running back. But it was fun. It was a great experience to play. We played in that bowl, and then we went down and played in the Sun Bowl. Was that El Paso, Jim? Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you finish at Utah State. You're a free agent with the Jets. So now, you know, a lot of kickers assign as free agents, but they don't all play the number of years that you played from 64 through about uh, had to be about 80, if I'm not mistaken, 79. Yeah. Um, and uh, and boy, I mean, people don't necessarily realize in 68, you scored 145 points and set a then record in the NFL, 34 field goals. That was the Joe Namath team, right? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I, I was lucky to get into the game when I did, Jim, because I played quarterback and I played defensive back and I could kick off. And in college, John Ralston had everybody do a lot of things. So when I went to the Redskins, uh, I went to them first. Um, they had me doing a whole lot of things, and I didn't make that team. And then the uh, Weeview Bank and the uh, Jets picked me up. Huh. I did not even realize that. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody has famous cuts, and you were one of theirs. Um you were part, you know, you've been part of some incredible history in pro football. So let me just toss some things out at you. Obviously, okay. Super Bowl three. Super Bowl three is uh, phenomenal. To our knowledge, there was not going to be another Super Bowl if the AFL. Remember, it was the AFL then, not the AFC as it is today. Oh right, yeah. And yeah, and there wasn't going to be another one because the NFL hated the. AFL because we'd stolen Joe from, I guess, St. Louis and Donnie Anderson from whoever he was supposed to go to. And, and, um, they laughed, they were 69 point uh, favorite and Joe, Joe, I think he picked up the Hickok award on Friday night before the Sunday game. And he just said, he answered a question in the crowd, um, who's going to win? And Joe said, we're going to win. And then he said, I guarantee it. Well, mm-hmm. that put that put Coach Coach Eubank into an apoplectic fit. <laughs> yeah. and said, actually, don't, don't don't get him mad at it. <laughs> yeah, it actually also helped lift lift Eubank to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's, by that's winning correct. A, a title in each league. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we we was a good coach because uh, he helped me a great deal. He had been with Cleveland with. Uh, with coach Brown and he knew, knew a lot about kicking and we had to, we even practiced in our home stadium, Shea stadium, which is just an awful place to, to play and kick. And we learned how to work the winds there because it was brutal. I remember speaking of working things. I remember how you would always go on the field with the Broncos way before the game started. You would check the grass. You'd see where it was high, where it was low, how it was cut, which way the wind was blowing. Literally, yep. you walked that thing like, um, really like a third baseman checking to see the, where the bunts are going to go uh, uh, that particular day. You know, they call kickers weird, but that's your job. You've got to know where the wind is blowing. You've got to know where the holes are. At Shea Stadium, the Mets played there. My old high school friend, Tug McGraw, was on that team. And the infield was perfectly flat. And then when it became football season, the outfield dropped three feet from second base down to the other goalpost. It was just amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. So you scored 10 points in Super Bowl three, one of the heroes when the Jets win. You're on the all-time AFL. You're on the second team, I think, all AFL team, which is a, a, a great tribute um, tell me about this game, talking about your history, the Heidi game. Oh, the Heidi game was against Oakland. You guys are playing no, in Oakland? No, I do. And the the Heidi network, game was the network the... cuts out to show Heidi. Oh, yeah, they, they went right to Heidi. And in that last minute, um, well, we hated Oakland. And I'm from out there. 
and they they were dirty as they are today, and they tried to hurt Namath at all times. But um, they went to Heidi, and nobody knew that, you know, uh, that the Raiders had won. <laughs> God, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I mean, you know, and, and there was such a big change in the last minute of play, and uh, I, I yeah. heard that people got off the plane in New York City and they went home with their families, and their wives didn't know the score. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, Mary Kay picked me up, and they really didn't know the score. It, it Amazing. Uh, that was a major faux pas by, I think NBC in those years had uh, the AFL. Yeah, that was a big one. Now, yeah. the first Monday night football game. So, um, yep. Art Modell gets it started, but, uh, you know, they vote for it, but nobody wants to play it because at that time it's like, no, 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 we play on Sundays, we don't want to play Monday night. If I'm not mistaken, right. did you not play in the first Monday night game against the Cleveland Browns? Absolutely did. And every one of us had that same feeling you just said. You know, what are they doing? This is school night for the kids. Um, you know, and uh, it turned out to be the biggest thing going. And um, they beat us because we had just won Super Bowl three and walked in there like they were going to fall apart, and uh, they didn't. <laughs> so we, we got our come comeuppance right there on the first Monday night game. Now, as I recall, you you kicked three field goals in that game. Maybe I'm wrong. Boy, you you're, uh, you know, Jim, hey, I played in, what, 1,300? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Well, I think I think you did. I think you did, uh, Jim. I'm, I'm pretty sure you did. But anyway, that was just another historic moment, like I said, if you turn around in those in that time and you looked at history, you were in it somehow. You were a part of it. Yeah. Uh, and then Super Bowl three. Now you get traded to the Denver Broncos. And what were your thoughts? You know, you're leaving New York City. You're going back to the West because you played in Utah State, but the Broncos had never won anything. What were your thoughts then, Jim? I uh, I was very happy because we, um, and I'll be very polite. He was very tight with the penny. And we had won the Super Bowl, and they offered me a $500 raise, and I very politely said uh, goodbye. And then he called and said that you're going to Denver, and what really worked out beautiful for for Mary Kay and I was we had little kids. And uh, and then the first thing Lou Saban said, I've been trying to get you for two years, Jim, and he made me feel so welcome. It was unbelievable. It was just, it was just wonderful. Um, as I recall, you did a very generous thing. You wore number 11 with the New York Jets, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. And the Broncos had just drafted Bobby Anderson from the University of Colorado, who was right. a mega schoolboy star. No offense, but injuries kind of derailed his career. But as I recall, you said, let the kid wear number 11, and you switched to 15. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that that's that's true. Bobby was an All-American and a, a, just a tremendous guy. And they they asked me. Uh, I think it was Larry Elliott, the equipment manager, uh, said, "Hey Jim, it's your choice." And I said, "No, I don't want to make any waves. You make sure that that uh, that Bobby keeps his number, and I'll take another one." That is uh, that is so cool. It usually happens the opposite of that, of course. And somebody yeah. says, uh, "Give me a." Give me a Rolls Royce and two Bentleys, or I'm not being facetious, <laughs> but uh, but take the a bit. Hey Jimmy, if I if I go down and watch 
the Broncos practice to, in this era right now, and I look over at the cars they drive, I have no clue what they're driving. Well, they, they, <laughs> I will say this, though. If you go watch the Broncos practice now, you will be welcomed by Vic Fangio, the, the mood, the tenor, the way it is. You would be welcomed and appreciated, and those players would do everything but applaud you. They have a great, great sense of the, the foundation that was, you know what I mean? They're playing, but they know the guys who went before them. They may not know everybody by name, but when Vic tells them, they know. Well, Jim, you were, you were over at the old field at, at uh, 58th and uh, uh, our first field where there was water in one field and not the other fields were awful. And their oh. facilities now, <laughs> yeah, their facilities now are fantastic. They're just yeah. awesome. Yeah. I remember the first time we met Jim, this is before my sports career in, in pro I was in radio. I was a radio announcer. And then, as I recall, as I recall, I stopped by your locker one day and I mentioned to you too bad about Elvis. And you said, what, what happened to Elvis? Remember that Elvis Presley oh, yeah. died. Yeah. yeah, I I, Boy, I had I had met Elvis uh, when I was back in New York, and uh, he he was you know pretty cool. But uh, I, I I got to meet so many people back there. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Well, you were a pretty cool team. That was a that was frankly one of the uh, I'd call it one of the iconic teams ever. I I think I can still name almost all the starters for that 69 team, which is uncommon. You know what I mean? I, I honestly, I couldn't name the chief starters. Yes. Last week, last year, but I don't, not a shot. I'm just saying there was a moment in time. So now you're with the Broncos and you're building and it's John Ralston and, and you, you had a part in another absolutely iconic game. One of the greatest games in Broncos history, the first Monday night game <clears throat> When you kick the winning, the tying points, actually you kick a field goal as time expires to tie the Raiders. Remember that? That was a boy. That oh yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah, and, that was, and isn't it good? It's against the Raiders. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's against the Raiders. That was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, but I remember that uh, you know they scored late, and then uh, Charlie Johnson, uh, Joe Dawkins. Uh, Floyd Little, and they set it up, and you kick a field goal, time's expiring. That was the most people that had ever watched a sporting event from the state of Colorado at that time, Jim. Actually, it's the most people that ever watched any event from the state of Colorado at that point. Wow. And if I remember right, we came home on a plane, and and uh, the airport was mobbed. They, in those days, they let everybody and anybody you want walk to any gate they want in the whole area. It took us an hour to get out of there. Yeah. Actually, that was another Raiders game. That's the one when you scored the famous touchdown. Uh, oh, tell us about that play where, uh, you know, like it's a fake field goal and Marv Braden, the special team coach, suggests it's a red and red looks at him like, oh, are you out of your, are you out of your mind? We're not throwing the ball to Turner. Uh, you <laughs> have to drive that play for many of our fans yeah. will remember it. Well, it, it was a fake field goal. I went, I went through and uh, kicked air. Norris Weiss picked up the ball, and he's rolling to the right. So he's either going to throw 
downfield to probably Randy Gratishaw or Bobby Swinson. They were on the right side of the of uh, the field goal team. And he turns back and looks at me. I'm all alone. And I'm just, you know, tromping down the field at jet speed with the high tops on. And we, caught him, we, we caught him cold in Oakland, and it was right before half. First of all, the second, the the extra point, we lined up, and we were all laughing. And they weren't, but we were. And big John Matuzak, all six foot ten, he stands up. Jim, and I can hear him. We're lining up for the extra point. You do that again, and I'll break your leg. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that, then that- we walked we walked right out of the point, basically up the tunnel. And I always liked Madden. He was easy to hate when he was a coach, but he's a basic good man. Yeah. And he yes, looked he at me. And if you remember in the old Raider stadium, both teams walked up the same little hallway together. And oh, yeah. as it turned, as it turned out, Madden was next to me and he looked around to make sure all Davis wasn't there. And he had a smile on his face and he said, Boy, did you get us. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. And like you said, yeah. he had to make sure, or he'd have gotten crucified if, if Mr. Davis hears it. But uh, oh, yeah. but players and coaches, the guys who play the game and coach the game appreciate each other, Jim. Yeah. That, well, they we really did. Do. We, uh, uh, we did. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got to play with it. Uh, Namath was awesome. I played with Maynard, who's in the Hall of Fame, and and here are a, a lot of great players here. Players have this kind of a fraternity where, you know, you got to appreciate it. Some guys don't appreciate it. They just take it for granted. But a uh, kid from Crockett, California, and all of a sudden I'm looking up, and I've been in the Super Bowl, led the league in scoring a couple of times, and I'm saying, wow. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Things work out, but not without you working really hard at it. Not many guys. You also finished when you retired, you were second in scoring. And I thought a legitimate guy for the Hall of Fame. But as happens, as more and more time goes by and they go to a 16-game schedule and more and more guys play, and then a guy like Adam Vinatieri comes along, it just becomes harder and harder and and they all they only remember was sometimes what they see right now, but you kicked in the Polo Grounds, you kicked in Shea Stadium, you kicked Fenway in Mile Park. High Stadium. I'm sorry, Fenway, Fenway Park in Boston. Oh, Fenway, Fenway Park. You kicked in Fenway. That's yeah. right. They played there like five years, and you you were with the Jets. You kicked in Fenway. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, I wonder yeah, how many was... guys could. Wow, I wonder how many guys can say they kicked in Fenway, the Polo Grounds. Shea and Mile High Stadium. Well, I, I, I just wonder, Jim, how today's player, because their lockers are luxurious and they deserve space and all of that. They, they got a lot of work to do. But when you played in the, the baseball stadiums, there's only 26 lockers and they're really, really small. And you put yeah. 55 guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if you need a new locker, they just put a new nail in the wall. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, and well, you kicked for the for the old Cleveland Stadium, also, Jim, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we played it um, in Cleveland, and it was windy. Oh my goodness! You thought Chase Stadium was windy. You could kick a ball dead on, and it might blow right back at you and hit you in the head. 
It was Man. a terrible stadium. Jim, all the all that you did, all the experiences that you had, the people that you were with, clearly the Super Bowl is it. The Super Bowl yeah. three. But taking that out for the moment, what are you what are your greatest memories? And don't try to limit it to just one. What are your greatest memories of your long career? Oh, I think um, I think catching the touchdown was uh, just funny. Um, it was great. Uh, Jim, I came out of a high school that was only 280 kids. Um, and to be able to play that long, I was grateful. But I got to play in the first Monday night game. We got to play in the, the first AFL victory, which was Super Bowl mm-hmm. three. Got to play in another Super Bowl, Super Bowl twelve with the Broncos, which was really a wonderful year for the Broncos and the fans. Wonderful year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's probably too many. I I, uh, I look back now and I just say how grateful I yeah. am. Uh, I, uh, the Ring of Fame I wasn't have a, a bad one either. Well, the Ring of Fame, um, I, I was kind of stunned because I was doing my radio show um, up in Fort Collins on, in one of those big motorhomes. And um, Mr. Boland's standing outside and I thought, oh, my goodness, did I say something wrong? Is he mad? <laughs> So we went uh-huh. to a we went to a commercial break and he walked in and he said, "Come here, Jim. I want to talk to you." And he said, "I want you to go in uh, with Haven and Morton. I want you to go into the Ring of Fame." And I was floored because I didn't play for him. None of us did. Right. And he saw how important it was to not start when he took over. To, to go back and honor the guys that the fans yeah. really liked and such. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I, and uh-huh. I miss Pat. To the, I miss Pat Boland to this day. Oh yeah, we all do. Hey, speaking of Mr. Boland, do you remember the time? And I know you do that. You and he went on a bike ride together <laughs> and he went, uh, heck over horseshoes. <laughs> well, you know what happened, Jim? I, the guys, my my off season regimen was I I do maybe about two thousand miles a year on my bicycle. I didn't go down and lift weights and then go drink beer afterwards. That didn't make any sense to me. And so I get on my bicycle and I'd go up and over Vail Pass and all of this stuff. And Pat was um, he was what do you call it when you do all of the uh, triathlon discipline? Oh, he was man, a triathlon. He, what an athlete! Yeah, Tri- a triathlete. Yeah, and he said, uh, Jim, why don't you bring your bike down, and you and I will ride to Greeley. And I thought, well, oh, that's cool, because um, I'm going to do my radio show up there. And, and he, I knew he was going to dust me. We And we were at uh, – the headquarters was at the old 58th uh, uh, place, and we were going in front of the merchandising mart, and there was a sprinkler system going on. And so the pavement was a little wet, but – he hit a pothole that ate his bike. And I mean, he went down running that $5,000 bike and he got hurt, a lot of road rash on his face. You don't know how mad that man was. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, had, I had to turn my head 
then first of all, I had to make sure that he was okay because he really took a he he took a fall. Mm-hmm. You know, and, what, and and he probably when he bought the team, Jim, I I don't think I'm too far off thinking that he may have been the best athlete on the team. Oh, I don't think you're not very far off on that. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and I miss him. Yeah, we all do. He was a great owner, and uh, and like you mentioned, even with the Ring of Fame and recognizing yeah. the guys who laid a foundation. And yeah. uh, boy, if you mentioned a guy, he he didn't argue. You know what I mean? And, and he knew. Yeah. I mean, he you know he could smell it. Well, first of all, like your stats jumped out like a sore thumb, and uh, you know, and, and it was cool. There there were a lot of great moments, Jim, and uh, and I I got to say, it's been a pleasure to share a lot of them with you. Frankly. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you one one little thing. You know you know what I really wish. You know, you, I'm 79 years old, and and I ask myself, what would you like to do again? And here it is. I'd like to see the clock run down to five seconds. Timeout. Jim, go win it or lose it. I'd yeah. like that moment again. Yeah, whether I make it or not, I want that moment again. Although that would be pretty cool. Uh, God, I remember a game in in Denver. Uh, Oliver Ross. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, I sure Black do. man, but he was he had freckles, and his nickname was Red. Red Ross. Red Ross. He was yeah. fumbled four times. He fumbles yeah. the ball away, fumbles it away, fumbles it away. <laughs> but at the last moment, God rest in peace, Steve Ramsey, the quarterback, takes us a little bit down the field. And you go out to kick a 53-yard field goal. Time is running out. There's no time left. You kick the field goal. Team runs to the locker room. Thanks for coming, Cleveland. Goodbye. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and we won the game. And that was just just one of those great moments. I remember Fran yeah. Lynch. Remember him? He said, "Don't don't pander to this guy. That's what he gets paid for. Don't praise <laughs> him. He gets paid to kick the ball. Yeah. He gets paid yeah, to kick it. That's Fran. <laughs> yeah." Oh, it was, it was priceless. It was priceless enough that I still remember it now. You know, and you've I, got I, a million I, of those memories, Jim. Well, I, you know, I, I I became good friends with George Blanda. He and I were the only ones that wore the high top shoe, and and um, the kicker that went into the Hall of Fame early, and he belonged in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jan Stenerud, a great friend, uh-huh. and when he came in and he hit the ball, it was like thunder, boy, boom. Yeah, and that ball was gone. You know, I mean, he's a good guy. Speaking of great friends that you've had, and one that maybe you won't tell too many stories about, because you're a gentleman and everything, is uh, Joe Namath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I, I will say this. He, when he got to the locker room, classy guy. Uh, really classy guy, but it was all football. All yeah. football. And he did exactly what the owner did. Uh, Sonny Werblin was one of the owners in, of the Jets. And Sonny wanted to build a star. Sonny came up with the name Broadway Joe. Not Joe, no mm-hmm. agent. He was the owner. And Joe lived downtown New York. He's the only one that could afford that. And, but he was just Joe to us. He's still just Joe. Uh, yeah. What a really, really good guy. and single. And so, if he dated every beautiful woman in the world, God bless him. <laughs> he was single. Yeah, I remember once upon a time at a Super Bowl that I was working for the league. Um, 
I was go I was running down and down an aisle for something to pregame, and here comes Joe up the ramp, and he's got a yep. beautiful coat on, and he, he's got sunglasses on, and his hat pulled out over his head, and the guy was with him. He said, "Joe," and he put his hand up to his lips. He said, "Yeah, yeah." So he said, "Oh, sorry, sorry," and he just kept going, and so did he. But um, yeah, he a was great one of the guy. only. You know, you know, Jim. In those days, he was one of the. He was like a movie star. If, oh, yes. if he walked into a room, people just went, "Oh." I mean, he you was, know, uh, he was bigger than most movies. Remember when he did the pantyhose commercials? Oh, <laughs> yeah. And you know the truth of that story, Jim. They're wearing them today. They were not pantyhose. Truly, they were just what the girdle. Type tight things that the guys wear today. He was just thirty years ahead of time, like like spandex. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you another one, Jim. We're Joe and I, my number was eleven. Joe's was twelve. So no matter whether we're home or we're on the road, he and I are sharing. You know, number eleven and number twelve locker room. So we're sitting there talking, and one day at Shea, getting ready to go out in that old windy stadium, and not a knock on the door. In comes the movie star. And Margaret. Now, uh-huh. the locker room just stopped. Half the guys were naked. We're just getting uh-huh. ready to you know, get taped. She walked in, didn't say a word. Boy, was she beautiful. I said, Joe, you better turn around. And all she did was, hi, Joe, gave him her phone number. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made a movie together. They may have made a lot together, but they made a movie together for sure. I, you know, honestly, God, I'm not too sure I'd watch one of Joe's movies. I don't know what that, he's not an actor, that's for sure. No, I know. I forget what this was. It wasn't, it wasn't great it had to be of the early 70s or something. But anyway, Jim, I'm going to let you go. Uh, thanks to you and thanks to your wonderful wife, Mary Kay, for assisting with this interview. Uh, you know, you've got a great family and, like a lot of, you know, let me ask you one more question, though. Like a lot of guys, you could have lived a lot of places, and you always could work. You, you know, I mean, you know, let's face it, let's be honest. You were not afraid of hard work. You nope. didn't have to stay in Denver after you retired. How come you stayed in Denver? Well, I, I, uh, I got traded because I asked to be traded from New York. I did not want my little girls to have to go on a bus and then a train to go to grammar school. And in Denver, when I got here, Lou Saban said, welcome home. I want you right now. See, I didn't know Saban from Adam. He gave me a new contract, tore up what I had, and he said, I want you to go buy a home. You are here. And we fell in love with the place, and the kids went to school here, good teachers. I love the weather, Jim. I've never seen mm-hmm. snow before until I went to college. But I love the weather. I, I think Denver is uh, getting too crowded with people moving in from California. But well, I love that's it. What it is, yeah. Uh, and, if I'm not know. mistaken, I, I swear to God, when I dial your number, that's the same number you've had, I think, since oh, forever. you were a player, Jim. Forever. Yeah, forever. Let me tell yeah, you one more, Jim. I know you got to go, but this is one. No, no, you off. go ahead, Jim. I pulled this one off on the Raiders. And I loved it. You remember the old, the old locker rooms in the South Stands? Uh, both teams were in the South Stands. Mm-hmm. And on a, on, on a Saturday, 
I went and asked the grounds crew. I can't remember Joey or I, I can't remember those guys, but they, they, I told them, I said, Hey guys, how do I get into their locker room? And uh, where's the hot water nozzle in the locker room? So I crawled through the roof, <laughs> found, found the, the hot water and everything, turned it off. They had, and it was cold. They had no hot water after the game. <laughs> oh my God. I loved it. And those were the Raiders teams you really loved to hate. That they weren't, yeah. uh, it was not like today. It was, boy, there was some boiling hatred there. And Oh, that's a great one, Jim. That is a <laughs> well, good I think, one. I think they're too friend, friendly now. The guys are greater athletes than we were. They, I love watching it. But they're all palsy-walsy. I kind of liked it when they hated each other. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. Uh, well, I remember actually a game. I'm sure you were in it in 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 Oakland, a Sunday night football game, and they're dominating us. It's low scoring, but they're dominating us. And then, however it happens, little Rick Upchurch gets into a yep. tussle with John Matuzak. I know. And, All six and, foot ten. And Upchurch yeah. jumps up and says, "You want some of me? It's like me getting a tie. What the heck?" Anyway, this this brouhaha happens. You guys beat the Raiders. That's yeah. all. And the game just right then it just changed. Remember that? Just needed yeah, just needed a little energy and and Uppy was uh well he was faster than lightning. And and another guy that no one really knew how fast he was was Jack Dolphin. Wow. Uh rest in peace. He died about a year ago, you know. Yes, he did. Yeah, wonderful oh, guy. He was you know, that and, was as good a receiver as we've ever had. Yeah, that and that's crazy never, to say. I don't, I don't think Upchurch knew a play. I think they had to tell him what to do every play. Well, that's another matter, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> Dalbert today, you could oh, throw yeah. 100 passes to Dalbert and he'd catch 101, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, he went on to be a, a doctor and a chiropractor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, he yeah. had a daughter. He has, he he's deceased, but he had a daughter who finished number one at Ranger School in the U.S. Army Ranger School. A daughter. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Anyway, Jim, I've kept you too long. Uh, tell, give Mary Kay a kiss for me. Uh, all the very, very best for you. And uh, number 15, we'll talk to you down the road. And, uh, you know, Pat did a lot of great things, but none ever better than putting 15 in the ring of fame. Well, it was my honor. Good to talk to you, Jim. We've been friends for decades. Yeah, you you take care, Jim, and uh, I will. All the best. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. That was Jim Sakamano's conversation with Ring of Fame kicker Jim Turner. So I like that we've been giving some attention here to some special teamers lately because during their careers they might not get the attention, but on Broncos Country Throwback they certainly do. I liked how in the introduction you said we're on a special teams kick that was nicely done i i like that yeah just that was just for you and for the listeners yeah but of course uh, jim turner played a long time with the jets before joining the denver broncos and was part of one of the biggest upsets in nfl history played in that super bowl three victory over the baltimore colts another great conversation uh, with jim sakamano here if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe and rate Broncos Country Throwback. You can find this podcast wherever you download 
on your favorite podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. And if you enjoyed this, uh, make sure you check out some of the other shows on the Broncos Podcast Network. That's the Neutral Zone, Entre Amigos, and now featuring the Snap. You can find all of these podcasts also on iHeartRadio. That's going to do it for us. For Jim Sakamano and Eric Dalla, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to Broncos Country Throwback.